Mondays on Daily Delivery, Patrick Royce typically joins me. I am Michael Rand. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Some of you might be taking the day off if you are. Uh, enjoy, enjoy that. Patrick, sounds like you had quite a weekend. We'll get into the weekend of sports, but you were all over the map watching uh, watching hockey, huh? That's just what, yes, so. not, not typical for you. Well, the grandkids, uh, the uh, 12-year-old granddaughter was playing in Duluth and the 11-year-old grandson was playing in War Road. So the parents split up and I went with the boys up to, uh, I went first, I went to Duluth and watched a hockey game on on uh, Friday morning. And that's why I now have my first cold in five years and a no. bad throat because uh, they got an arena up there called Freiburger uh, that's opened in 1972. And it's just an old tin shed and Everyone, including Kevin Pates, who covered hockey up there for 30 years, calls it Freezeburger, and they say it is the coldest arena in America. So I got a cold. Then we went to War Road, and let me say one thing about War Road. You uh, the, now the good news is our boys uh, ended up playing for fifth place. So you play early in the morning. You didn't have to wait around for later in the day, right? So we had a 9 a.m. game. So now you're leaving at uh, 11, 11.15 from, from War Road to Minneapolis, St. Paul. There's no good way to get here. No. But when they tell you to go to Baudette and take a right and go down Highway 72, which is a two-laner through the bog, you know, that whole area, that desolate area, they don't tell you that 65 people will be in cars going 40 miles an hour hauling fishing houses because they've been at the Lake of the Woods all weekend. So you're going to take hours to get home because you can either pull out on a slick road and try to pass 12 fish houses with a car maybe coming over that hill or just follow them. So don't, on a weekend, on a Sunday, don't take 72 South because you're going to run into fishing houses, big fishing houses going very slowly because they now are portable, Mike. They have portable fishing houses. They pull them out there. They're $50,000 rigs and they set them on yes. the ice, but they don't go fast when people are hauling. <laughs> that's, so I can, I, that's my t- hint for the day. If somehow you get stuck at War Road and you're coming back on Sunday afternoon, Wait till Monday, maybe. I don't know what you're going to do. But anyway, that's my hint. So. Patrick, I, I come from Grand Forks. And this isn't native. And this isn't like, a, you know, special to Grand Forks, but a big subject of conversation when I was growing up was best way to get places from Grand Forks. I imagine there are all sorts of opinions uh, in Warroad on the best way to get yes. to Minneapolis. Yes, that is. That is. They, well, I, when I asked a couple of different people, one being a lady working at the at the uh, at the uh, the rink, was gave yeah. you that. What? The, why would you? Why would you be going to Minneapolis? We don't do that in the winter. <laughs> we do that <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, uh, she gave me a very curious look. But uh, the consensus seemed to be go to Baudette, take a right. But uh, that didn't work out. And then. 
grandpa took a wrong little turn. The girl on the phone got confused and that added a half hour to the return trip too. So anyway, yes, but I know when you're in the country, having grown up in the country, what's the best way to, should you add an extra 30 miles to get over to the freeway or not? Right. Yes. That's the, that's the yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. This is shorter, but it's, you have two lane highway. Oh, you know, the, other thing that, I, yeah. the other thing I've discovered too, as a kid who grew up in the era of two lane highways, I mean, the area of two lane, two lane highways and gravel roads, even we really get spoiled with four lanes here. Right. Because I used to have great courage pulling out and passing on that two laner. But all I can envision is that head-on collision now. So I yes. get very cautious. So it's a, it's changed my vibe as a driver, that's for sure. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. In, so, in, in all the... Uh, in all the youth hockey you watched this weekend, did you find that uh, the teams that had the most success were the ones with the strong leaders, communicators, and collaborators uh, at, at the top? Uh, I, I kind of found, at least from the boys' standpoint, the cocky little SOBs were the ones that had a lot of success. The, the kids from West Fargo, look out for them. If your kid's playing in a turbo with West Fargo, get in the car and drive home. <laughs> they're uh, they're going to beat you and you're going to like it. I'll give you this and then we'll go into the, the making fun of the Wills. Yeah. But I'm in the elevator with the kid on Sunday morning or Saturday morning and they're playing my grandson Luke's team, which is, yeah, they just got hammered by Silver Bay the night before. And West Fargo beat war road bloody right so this kid's in the ic's west fargo kid i said take it easy on uh, those woodbury lads this morning will you buddy and he said no <laughs> well, all right that <laughs> anyway. is uh, not really in the spirit of leadership or collaboration no we uh talked a little about this last night it is uh it is uh it is very I think outrageously funny. It was a week ago today that uh, Zim yes. got uh, fired, and now Zim has become the evil tyrant that nobody could, uh, uh, you know, could. He was too mean to people. He wouldn't say hello to Brian O'Neill in the hallway. Uh, I mean, it was just. I I want. I always feel better about that stuff when somebody is taking their shots why the guy's still here instead of waiting and now all of a sudden trying to explain your own failings that's basically what the vikings are doing we went eight nine this year because zim was mean to us you know yes. zim wasn't nice enough to us when zim when we screwed up zim told us and said us patting us on the back and saying it'll be okay fellas let's get them next time uh yeah, to have Eric Kendricks come out and say that we talked about that last week is is uh, I guess we did because uh, yeah, later yeah. week when we were talking about it, but uh, uh, but to have him come out and take shots at you is not good. But this whole narrative of oh boy, we need some guy who's collaborative. You know, 
ladies and gentlemen, I would like to point out the last guy who promised us collaboration in spades was Derek Felby, to the point that he stopped using the word because we made so much fun of him for it because he couldn't say two sentences without saying collaboration. And how about the report that everyone's now taking to be gospel that Spielman and Zimmer, because it comes from Deion, Deion Sanders, Sanders who's already an idiot because he's mad because people aren't calling him coach. They're calling him Dion. I mean, he's a dummy. Uh, but how about we're taking it uh, at face value that Dion said Zimmer told him that he and Spielman didn't talk for months, right? Months, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. Do you buy it? I mean, it's probably hyperbole, but I mean, I, if, if it underscores the idea that their relationship wasn't great, I think I would buy that. I would buy that. I don't know if they didn't talk for months, but I would, I'd buy that by the end of by the end of it, they were both pretty upset with each other. Zimmer with the roster he was given, and Spielman with what Zimmer did sometimes with the players he was given. Don't you think? Oh yeah. Oh, I don't think yes. And also, you know. I'm sure that Spielman started moving away from him as the week, as the season progressed, right? Yes, he's he trying to save his own over. job. Yeah, he's trying to save his own job. And uh, I'm sure Zimmer, Zimmer sensed that. But Zimmer is a, uh, the most interesting thing I read about the whole deal was a Gessling's piece on yes. Sunday, which was the fact that the, in the middle of the last week, right? To the last week, Zim at a team meeting told him about all the bad breaks he'd had, right? Bridgewater getting hurt yep. and stuff like this. I mean, if his mind had gotten to that point where this, I've just been unlucky, you know, uh, then, then, you know, we're all on board with him, with him, you know, being fired, that's, ob yes. that's obvious. And we're on board with Spielman being fired. But, uh, you know, the bashing that's taken place is uh, rather humorous, in my opinion. It always happens in retrospect. I mean, it, I, I agree with you. I'd love to see this more, you know, while, while it's happening. But it's also <clears throat> probably pretty hard to criticize your own boss. I think Ben made that point on a Vikings podcast last week, that the reason these things do come out later is, while you're working for someone, you're not really going to put a name to any of these things. But you're right; it is, it is a little too convenient sometimes when yes. someone gets fired, and then all of a sudden, we we decide where all of the blame is going to go and what the what the real problem was. Because guess what? You know, when they were winning, uh, it seemed like the culture was fine, and you know, yes. maybe now yeah, maybe things changed. I'm, I'm sure he got more tense as the years went on and I've, I've even yes. talked about this. It seemed like there was a palpable shift even in like 2018 when things got, you know, when, when they brought in cousins and there was this win now kind of pressure, it did seem like Zimmer changed to me a little bit in that time. I don't know about that. I mean, I can't judge it enough, but I certainly thought all season he was a different looking guy on the sidelines that he felt it, that he felt it on the sidelines that, he knew that uh, I, I don't even think getting into the playoffs was going to be enough to save him. I think he had to win a game. And I think he felt it all season long. And and the mentality might be, you know, he might 
in his mind, be one of those guys who starts looking for demons, you know, and he might, you know, maybe he was, that's what he was thinking about. The funny thing is publicly, he probably took less shots to get at his team than he did in the past. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Right up until the very end when he, when he got up, when he got on more, but uh, Mond, I mean, yeah. Well, he didn't get on him. He just told us he sucked, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, in a gentle way. And then uh, the the Jefferson thing uh, was uh, you know kind of uh, kind of odd too to say the least. But I I thought that he went out of his way a few times that I I think that someone from the Wolf operation or Spielman or somebody told him he had to be more positive, don't you? Yes. Because all of a sudden he would gratuitously throw out these boy they're really working hard and i can't you know and after a stinko performance he wouldn't really rip them so he was he was trying to do what he thought they wanted i think and then finally at the end he knew it was over and he got a little more candid again but uh, yeah i don't know i uh somebody asked me to rate all their uh, viking coaches uh, the other day, a couple of weeks ago or so. And as I went through it, I got down to number six and I had Zimmer and Chili, and I didn't know which way to go. I, I mean, I don't see him as a success. No, I don't. I, don't... I mean, lasted eight years, but I don't see him as, uh, you know, I think Tice got more out of less than he did. I, I agree mean, too. Tice, I agree. Tice went, Tice went nine and seven his last year with Brad Johnson. Yes, after starting yeah. two and five with yes. Culpepper. Yeah. Yes, Tice did not deserve to get fired. Uh, Zim deserves to get fired. Tice just got fired because Ziggy and, well, because he's selling tickets and Love Boat and all that crap. But uh, but because Ziggy and Mark wanted to fire somebody because they were new to the job and they wanted to make some kind of a splash. And, uh, and, that's, and then they ended up drowning themselves because the opening press conference was a disaster led off by Ziggy being a complete bonehead we found out right away and then Chili screwing it up too but anyway that's that's that that, I'm just saying that Zim Zim lasted eight years Zim's got nothing to complain about he stole it all he he got he's got he's getting paid for two more years but uh I'm sure that uh, down there on the ranch in Kentucky, he's fuming at all the shots that these people are taking. At it's like I wrote last week. I would love to hear from Mike Zimmer at some point. If there's a, if there's one candid interview with Mike Zimmer um, in the aftermath of all this, that would be very interesting will, to hear. Somebody will get it. I, I think so. Know. Somebody that his agent is beholden to or something will, will probably get it in a couple of months or so, right? Somebody yes. Will get it. Not a uh, kind of transitioning here. As we think about head coaching candidates, not a wonderful audition for Kellen Moore and the Cowboys no, yesterday. No, no, if they're trying to, if he's trying to get a job. Yeah. And uh, I mean, what is he, 33? Yes. Is he 33? Yeah. And there's, that, that was not good. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, that's just because he's a young, allegedly dynamic guy. Uh, there's got to be somebody better than him. There's got to be some 40 year old guy that's, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't want a young, uh, 
guy that's got a different attitude about life than uh, Zim did. But uh, I, I don't know why this kid all of a sudden, boy, he's had coaching material. Who says? Who says he's had coaching material? They got that team was better in halfway through the season than they were the, the second half. And they stunk yesterday and they end up whining about the last play. You get outplayed for 59 minutes and 59 seconds. You shouldn't get a last play. You know, if yeah. you're so, if your quarterback's so stupid, he doesn't hand the ball to the referee. So the, I mean, to the umpire, so they can run one more play. That's, that's your problem. So, but yeah, I don't, I, hopefully he's not the guy. I, I don't want him as the guy. I don't want some 33 year old guy who we have no idea if he's got, he doesn't have enough of a track record. It, you know, McVeigh and uh, some of these other guys had track records. This guy doesn't even have a track record. Yeah. And it's right? interesting. It's interesting that a lot of the people on their initial coaching list are guys on the defensive side of the ball, which violates yeah. some of the rule of opposites, doesn't it? Yes, it certainly does. And Todd Bowles, which, uh, you know, who's going to, I think, get another job. Todd Bowles would be hiring the same guy, right? Maybe kind of, sharper. Yeah. Yes. Maybe sharper. He's probably sharper than Zim. Maybe, you know, in, in the corridors, get along better with people. But the same hard-nosed guy, right, who's coached great at defense, I I – I don't know. I, I look at the list and it's not like, oh, boy, I hope they get this guy. Is there what? Is there somebody there? I don't know. No, I mean, again, it's, it's trying to hire an NFL coach who, uh, from either coordinators or you know, it happens so fast. These guys have to interview during while they're trying to coach their actual teams in the yes. playoffs in a lot of cases, which is just weird as well. Probably should wait till the offseason. But yeah, it's. I don't think there's that one candidate this offseason anyway that's just like you got to have that guy. I think there's some no. interesting names out there. Um, but yeah, but, there's not that one person that you're like got to go get that guy. What do you and what do you say that I mean, here's here's my theory. I got a theory. Okay. Let's try this. GM, the powerful Ron Wolf style general manager who was the guy that turned around Green Bay. Yes. I'll give you the players, you coach them. Yeah, I I think that the general manager, you should hire the right general manager, mm -hmm. Ozendorf, whoever it is, and say, you know, you're certainly coach. You certainly can give me your opinion. Yes. Right. Yes. But you're going to get who I decide to give you. And I'm the boss. So here is your roster. Go get him. And you can say, boy, I don't like this guy. I don't want to play. You know, I, then I'll, I'll take that into consideration. But if you want to, if you want to release a kicker who's been there two weeks, I'm going to tell you, go back and take care of what you take care of. And I'll take care of your roster. I think this, the Vikings, their whole history have intermingled that thing. And the, you know, it, it's, it's funny how in baseball and other sports, it's the general manager gives you the team, right? Yeah. Why, yes. why not in football? Let's, let's have that. Let's, let's, let's make sure we got the right general manager to get the right players. And then the, then the coach doesn't become quite as important. No more this, triangle, this, no triangle of authority. this time. No, or, or in this case, the dueling duo of 
authority, you know? Yeah. And Spielman, I don't think Spielman's entitled to any complaints no. about, about, about Zimmer because he let him get away with stuff. He let him get away with kick, releasing his kicker every two weeks. And, uh, you know, I, I guess you got to let the coach have his coaching staff, right? For the most part. Yes. Although you also can be the co- you also can be the guy who said, you know, hey, you want to you signed off on John D. Filippo? We're going to give him the year here, pal. <laughs> you right. know, fire. Just because you're upset because you, you had a lousy offensive game against the Bears, we're not going to fire this guy. We brought him in from Philadelphia. You, they need a strong general manager. And who has influenced zero by the Wolves because they don't know a football from a basketball. Right. So, uh, you know, that's that to me is what what should be the what should be the real thing here. But it, it seems like in the NFL, we always blame every we are much quicker to blame coaches than we are to blame general managers. I want the general manager to be so strong that he's the guy we blame if they don't win. Yeah, I think that'd be. I think that's a good, it's a kind of setup for success. And it just <laughs> comes down to: are they going to hire the right person or not? And we'll, I guess we'll we'll find that out because this this could go one of two ways. Let me make a final thought on the Vikings, and we can talk a couple other things and get out of here. But you know, it, it, this can go one of two ways. I mean, next year, this is a roster that's getting older, and you know, you could oh yeah, you could see this being you know this you could see this going bad if 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 you know if they decide to run it a certain way I and mean, at least temporarily um this could be a four or five win team if they decide to do a certain thing i don't think there will be but you know this could well, they make the wrong hire this could go this could get bad in a hurry well you can if you keep your quarterback you'll be mediocre right yes you less than mediocre if you don't keep your quarterback because there's it's a draft without any quarterbacks and uh uh, you know, you're going to go get who you look around at quarterbacks. Now, uh, who are you going to go get Jalen hurts? Right. I mean, you can't get him, but he stinks. The kid from the Herbert, who we're all excited about. He's, he's, he's not like the God that we thought he was. Uh, I don't know where you go get your quarterback now, unless you get a, upgraded case Keenum type of guy. If you, I, I, I would try to get rid of cousins. I still like my Baker Mayfield trade, but what I'm saying is there's no easy answer for a quarterback right now. There's nobody we got. Okay. Let's go get him. Well, you know, who's, who's going to be available. Yeah, no, that's true. It's a, Kind of kind of decide what you want to do, and I don't know if you know it's a tough situation with Cousins, especially going into that last year of a contract. Because if you bite the bullet and just play it out with him, it's it's going to make building a competitive team next year challenging. And if you decide you're going to extend him, then you're just kind of signing up for more of what the last four years have brought. So we'll you got to almost have to kind of treat 2022 as a little bit of a a rebuild, even if you don't want to say that, because that's uh, that's kind of what it feels like. Well, yeah. Hunter, I don't think you'll keep Hunter, right? You're, I mean, you're not going to keep Hunter. Maybe you'll keep Hunter, but uh, Hunter's got to play. That was an interesting part of the Zim thing, that he wanted Hunter to not have neck surgery is one of the things, right? Yes, yes. 
but we don't know if that's true or not. We just, we got to take somebody's word for that. So, uh, things like that, but, uh, uh, yeah, who do they keep? I mean, that's, that's, that's the, that middle of the offense defense line that they brought in that turned out to be a disaster. Michael Pierce doesn't play that, um, you get 30 year old veterans who weigh 300 pounds, 350 pounds. There's a pretty good odds that they're not going to be durable. right? <laughs> yes. I mean, they made a lot of, you know, just dumb decisions. The other thing, Mike, they got to get somebody in here who can rebuild the secondary. If, if, the, if, if there's a bad, if there's a number one reason to rip Zim is his area of expertise at the end was a disaster is uh yes backfield so and doesn't and doesn't help that two of the last four years they've taken cornerbacks in the first round and neither one of them were on the roster in 2021 yeah that's one one turned out to be a bad guy you know a bad guy but the other one so uh anyway one uh one thing i wanted to mention is the uh the uh i the, the whole idea of uh, adding another playoff team oh, yeah. and, then, and then having, and then having those two games yesterday. I mean, Roethlisberger's should have mercifully been put out to pasture uh, and not been in the playoffs. They stink. The Steelers are just not good. This no. is the worst they've been in, in the Tomlin era and they end up stumbling in the playoffs and getting embarrassed. And the Eagles were terrible. The Eagles, when you're a Viking fan and saw some of the better Viking performances this year and saw some of the talent on that team and watched this collection of Eagles clowns with Jalen Hurts throwing the ball all over the building except to his own guys and see that that team make the playoffs, they had no business being in the playoffs. And that's what happens when you expand playoffs. You end up getting dog teams like this. We've been seeing it in the NBA for a hundred years uh, that, you know, the only league where eight teams, seven teams in the playoffs work is the NHL because it's two to one, three to two. That's, you know, it's the games are random, right? Yeah. NBA. Six, seven, and eight have been getting their arses kicked for uh, for a hundred years, and now baseball is going to do it too. I would rather have baseball not resume than seven teams in each league in the playoffs. I would rather have the lockout last for five years than put seven teams in the playoffs. It's so stupid. I can't stand it. Oh, it is because in baseball, it's like you play 162 games. You figure out who are the best teams. There's yes. no, it's it. Do you know, let you're some team stumble in as the seventh seed. They might win the World Series, and they don't deserve it. You're not going to fool us by to go to a bunch of September games because the three games under 500 twins still have a chance to make the playoffs. You're not going to fool us. We're still not going to go to your games. It's uh, it's unbelievable. But they're going to get it, and you know, a pox on Rob Manford. A pox. Yes. Anyway. Um, let's finish up. Wolves uh, beat the Warriors Sunday Ooh. night. Steph Curry did not play, so that's a big. Once again, once again I've reached a very hot take conclusion. Okay, let's hear it. Steph, Steph Curry is very important to the success of the Golden State. <laughs> when he plays, they are a much better team than when I he think. Does. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think we can agree <laughs> on that. Um, 
Speaking of expanded playoffs, uh, the NBA has got 10 teams that make it in each conference, at least to a play-in. Wolves looking like they're in decent shape to do that this year. It'd be hard not to, seeing as what's in the in the West. But, it's, it's a, you know, they've kind of been interesting all year, and it, it kind of feels like they are what they are at this point. But, you know, but what they are is is not is not bad. I don't... I just, I'm just having a hard time figuring out kind of like what what's the ceiling here? How, how much better can this thing get beyond what we're seeing this year? And I don't know what the answer to that is yet. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, D'Angelo Russell has turned out to be better than I thought he was going to be. And uh, Edwards is mercurial, that's for sure. And Cat, I think, has had his best year since he was a kid because he was first year in a couple of years. I think he's been pretty committed and has played hard. Uh, now the other night they scored 84 points, the three of them and managed, they managed to lose lose. that. That was hard to do. But, uh, uh, let me say this about modern fans. I I told you this maybe last week, they, they had blown out maybe a couple of weeks ago, they had blown out like four straight teams, right? Yeah. Killed them. And I looked and I looked at, I was looking at my Twitter account and I saw trending Beasley. The, so there were more people bashing Malik Beasley for going one for eight and then to, you know being in a shooting slump than they were praising, the, which is kind yes. of the different fan base. But I said at the time, he's a shooter. Sometimes they go in, sometimes he's hot, sometimes he's cold. He's like a hitter in baseball. And no, why do they have him get rid of Beasley, the modern fans? Well, I'm not a big Beasley fan, but now he's making shots. That's <laughs> the way it works yes. with a shooter. Now, Steph Curry, he makes shots 80% of the games. This guy's going to make shots 50% of the games, and they're going to happen in two and three week spurts. That's the way it works, people. So the next time he goes one for 11, just remember that someday in about a week, you'll go five for eight from three. That's the way yes. it works. Yes. When a guy but, shoots 40% from three, it's not four for 10 every game. It yes, happens yes. in bunches. My, uh, my longtime uh, radio pal, Such, always says, you know, somebody goes and gets 48 points or something. And he says, why can't he do that every night? <laughs> I say, uh, sports. I think it was Corey Brewer that he first oh. said about Corey Brewer. Got he had 50. 50 that one game. He said, How come he can't do that every night? Well, because he's Corey Brewer. That's why. And he's, yeah. they are what they are. So, anyway. Yeah. That's they, my, my, my diary. But I like this one, Steve. I like the coach. And I, I, uh, you know, you, you, they they have their moments where they drive you nuts, but uh, this certainly, is uh, the best. Uh, I mean, Tibbs' team with Butler when Butler was healthy. That was, you know, when, when they all went all in on making the playoffs when there were real playoffs. But this is certainly beyond that the best team that they've had in almost twenty years here since uh, since 2000, 2015. You go back there. That year was a big disappointment, but they were. I think they were over five hundred. Right? That was just two thousand. That the, the two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah, they were forty four and thirty eight that year. I think. But this team is certainly the potentially the best team in 16, 17 years. So I mean, yeah. I, I I like to 
Vanderbilt has turned out to be a, a I mean, just a real asset. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I like this team. I, I, I They're fun to watch. I like they, them too. They, they kind of play. They guard somebody once in a while yes. by, by accident. I'm like, they used to, you know. Yes. I mean, I first saw Russell a couple of years ago and I thought this is the worst thing I've ever seen. He doesn't try at all. I've never, I'll never forget Markel Fultz having a layup drill against him. And I said, what is this? But he's a better player than I thought. Yep. He's a better player than I thought as well. We'll get to a bunch of other stuff next week. Let's, uh, let's shut her down for now. Nice holiday edition. Hope everyone's having a good MLK day. Patrick, we'll get let you me, again uh, on Monday. Let me. Let me send out a big salute to all of our friends, uh, all of our, all of us, a friend of ours, John Baugh Harrington, the coach of the Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks women's hockey team, and of course, a Miracle on Ice guy. He had a Miracle on Ice this weekend. Mankato ended its 53-game losing streak against the Gopher women's team. Yes. Bob's biggest victory since Lake Placid. Yes. <laughs> All right, Patrick. in a row. That's awesome. That's amazing. 53 in a row. That is amazing. That is amazing. Wait. Hooray, Bob. Way to go, buddy. All right. We'll All see right, you. Patrick. Thank you. Bye.